the Word of God reads in verses 1 and 2 of Galatians, the sixth chapter, Brethren, if any man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such in one in the spirit of meekness. Ooh, help us, God. Once again, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Amen. And in verse 2, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. I'm going to speak to you today from the title, Lifting the Heavy Load. Lifting the Heavy Load. Okay. Imagine that it's your wedding day and you're all excited to be with the one that you love. You found the one and he or she is just all that and you're just excited and you want to be with them forever and you're about to come home with this person or, you know, however the arrangement is, whatever folks are doing. Sometimes a woman has a house, sometimes a man has a house. It's a new day. All right, whatever. But, <laughs> but the bottom line is you're going to be together uh, you know, some of us are more traditional, but, you know, we work it out. And, and, you know, you've been dating. You've been doing it the right way, praise God. And you have not been in sin. And now you're coming home to this person. And you're going to make a home with this person. And since you've been spending time with them, uh, you've gotten close to them. You've noticed some things about them. They look good on every single date. You know, you know how you do when you want to you know, get married, you make sure that you, you know, are well put together before you go on a date, you, and you keep this consistent because you want things to go well. You don't want folks changing their mind just because, you know, you, you want to keep yourself up, and, you know, we do, we, we present ourselves in a way that looks like, ooh, this is the package you're going to get every day. Isn't that wonderful? Take me home with you because I, I, you know, and I've heard stories, you know, of women, you know, going to sleep in the makeup, putting on deodorant, extra, extra, extra deodorant, you know, doing whatever they have to do, you know, the man doing push-ups before he gets in the bed, you know, all kinds of things. People, you know, this is how I look all the time, sit-ups and crunches, make you, make you put yourself together because you want the person to be, you know, excited about you and, and remain that way. Hey, man, this is a crazy world, it's a simple world, there's a lot of competition out there, so you stay on your game. Right? Okay. So, you know, you notice some things about them. They, you know, they, they, they smell good. They, they look good. They, you know, they take care of themselves. And you're excited because you're about to enjoy these things every day on an everyday basis now because you are getting married. It's official. Amen? But then something unexpected happens. Let's just say one of, the, you, know, one of you decides or, let's, no, let's make it personal. You um, are married to this person and they get a new job that's a high-powered job, CEO job, whatever have you, and, and, um, and they're working all the time. Um, and they get this really heavy job, and they're so preoccupied about this, with this new position that they have, um, and it's bringing in some money, but they stop taking care of themselves. <laughs> Which I don't like the money. <laughs> the whole church said, oh, no. <laughs> that's not going to work. You know, they, they just kind of let themselves go. They start kind of looking raggedy. And you start asking questions like, you know, you, know, you think today would be a good day for you to brush your teeth? 
when was the last time you put on, you know, some deodorant? Secret, because the secret's getting out. You know? Is it a good day for you to start smelling good again? What you think? I think today's the day. What you think? You're starting to get a little concerned because they haven't touched their hair or fixed their weave or changed their weave or transferred their weave. Whatever those women do in three years. Put it, you know, put the weave in a transfer. Do something. They haven't done it in three years. They are totally into this job. They are totally committed. They are really distracted, but they are neglecting their own body. They're out of balance. Wouldn't that be weird? Right? Now, they're bringing in some money. They got a good job, but they smell bad. Hmm. Now, hang on to that story because I'm going to come back to that. Galatians 6, 1 and 2. Grand B is like, where are you going with this? Brethren, church members, folks who have been forgiven of their sin forever, <laughs> people who are redeemed, God is no longer counting your sins against you. Whew. Forever. Brethren, if a man, if you notice somebody else in the church, someone that you're near, close to, someone that is in your circle, if, you, if a man be overtaken, caught off guard in a fault, as I said last couple of weeks, right? One who fell into sin, ye which are spiritual, okay, ye, those of us who are mature, as I said, mature in the faith, but not so much just in age, but wise enough to know that when we're dealing with sin, we need to be following and flowing in the Holy Spirit before we attempt anything, Okay? And some people can be young and do that. Some people can be old and do that. Okay? The, the key is, is, are you wise enough to know that you cannot do this or handle this job of restoration in your own power? Amen? Restore such a one. Not just forgive them for messing up and sinning and putting a, you know, a bad mark on the church, if you will. You know? But reinstate this person to their previous practice or placement. As I explained before, if your arm is sick, you want to do everything you can to not only you know, have the arm feel better, but you want the arm back in place. Amen? Because as the body of Christ, we want to be restored. Because if we're re restored, then all of us are in our proper place, working in a healthy way. Amen? Amen. Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Meekness, realizing that you, who are doing the restoration process, whatever process you are, the person that's pointing out the sin, realizing that you deserve hell. You are now going to heaven and you don't deserve it. You have been restored. You've slipped up. You've messed up. Someone prayed for you. Someone said, come on, baby, we can, we can work with you through this. Amen? Restore someone in a spirit of meekness, not down-talking. Amen? Not coming down to them. What's your attitude when you're dealing with people who have fallen into sin? Amen? We went over this. And then, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted Having a good estimate about, you know, estimation about yourself. You know, let's, let's be real. And we're going to go into that a little bit deeper. 
lest you also be tempted. And, you know, lest you get into a situation and, you know, you're not ready. And you get caught off guard. And we talked about this last Sunday. Not only praying for the person who has fallen, but praying for yourself. <laughs> so that you don't get caught up in a trap of sin that your brethren has been ensnared with or is stuck in and can't get out of, okay? And then I also said this last week, just reviewing. Watch out for this, you know, this overconfident thing where you think that you can handle more than you can. Amen? And then also the subtle one, the spirit of pride. Don't allow the sin of superiority to slip in and dwell in your mind where you begin to think that you're better than that person. Ah, and so you go in and your approach is all wrong because you're, you're too uppity. You came in smelling yourself like you've never done anything wrong. Like I said, it's been too many years since you've had a beer or whatever, you know? Okay? So, so what I'm saying to you is, is having the right spirit is, walk, is, is working along with the spirit. Because if you don't have the right spirit, you actually do more harm than good. Amen? Either to yourself or to the individual that you are hoping to be restored. Amen? When we see people who need to be rescued, we need to do it with humility and love and respect for our fellow brothers and sisters so that they can heal. And when you're doing that and you have the right spirit, you're not speaking in such a way or dealing with them in such a way that's kind of harsh and callous, right? Amen. You know, how would you want to be loved when, you're, when you fall? How would you want to deal when you make a mistake? Amen? How would you want somebody to, to heal you or to deal with you? Amen. Now, as I said also last week, it's really important to establish whether or not the individual actually wants to be restored. Repentance is key. You don't want to waste God's spiritual resources on a person who does not want to live holy and can care less about the situation that they're in. They like their sin. They're comfortable in it. They're wallowing in it. They'll be in it tomorrow. They'll be in it next week. No matter what you say to them, they're not affected by any truth that you speak to them, no matter how loving it is. Amen? Hard truth. You say it in the perfect way. The Holy Spirit is using you, and they just, they don't, they don't want to hear. They want to continue in, your, in their sin. You got to be careful with that. Why? Because, you know, just like when you're giving the gospel, some people, you got to just shake the dust off your feet, and you got to keep it moving. Why? Because they don't want to repent, and repentance is necessary for restoration. Amen? Amen. So there has to be a discerning eye. Amen? You want to have a discerning eye because God requires us not only to, as we're getting ready to see, restore the person who has repented, but walk with them. Oh. Now we're going a little deeper. Verse number two. Bear ye one another's burdens. Ugh. Bear means support and hold up. The building's going down. And you become that pillar that is able to get up under the weight woo, and support the building so the whole building doesn't come down. 
Amen? Bear you one another's burdens. Burdens here is heaviness, weight. Now, it's a different burden than what we see in verse 5 later on. We'll get to that later, but not today. Burdens is heaviness, weight, trouble, sorrow that comes from sins having been committed. It's walking with them through the consequences that come from sin. Here's the thing. If a pregnant young girl gets pregnant or something like that, she comes in church, she's been here, and she gets pregnant, and she's not married, and she's what? Cut off God in a sin. But she repents of that sin. She's sorry for that sin. She hates and forsakes that sin because it's displeasing to God. What do we do? We restore her. Amen? But we don't just stop there with forgiveness and some restoration process. We support her through what she has to deal with. Now, here's where I got surprised. Watch this. This verse right here in Galatians 6.2 is really not talking about walking with her by buying her pampers and showing up to the birthday parties and, and cute little outfits. Oh, your baby going to be cute if you put on this. Look at that. Put that on. Oh, he's going to be cute. It's not just financially supporting a person. You know, this is very different. This is going deeper, even deeper than what we learned in Galatians 5 that I'll show you in a minute. We walk with this young lady in her fight to overcome the sin that got her in this thing in the first place. To overcome the sin that got her in trouble in the first place. Her burden was obviously too heavy for her. And that's how she ended up in this situation. We've been there. We've seen this. You know, we've seen when the young men get in trouble and they get into something. And we, you know, obviously this was too heavy for you. We're going to talk about this burden because this burden word is, is heavy. Heavy, heavy load. It's not you know, I'm broke. Spot me $5 for some Starbucks. That's not what we're talking about here. You know, I, I, I want to help you, and certainly we can help people that are in need. But this is talking about something very specific. Spiritually carrying a load that is spiritually too heavy for somebody. The best way to explain this, give me um, Hebrews 12 and 1. And we've seen this verse before. But, you know, the Word of God is like layered and stacked. You know, right when you think you figured something out in that verse, here comes another side of it. And if you use the Word to confirm the Word, to explain the Word, then you start to understand, you know, that there's, there are things that come out of the Word that will keep you forever a student. You'll never know it all. It, it ought to humble you. You know, you don't take a verse and just throw it away. <laughs> oh, I got that now. No, you'll come back to that thing and be like, whoa, I never even saw that that was there. Okay? Hebrews 12 and 1. We've said it. We, I preached this not too long ago this year. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, and here it is, and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Underline that word, beset. Because it ties right into this Galatians 6 and 2. All right? Let's just take that much. The idea here is that 
in Galatians 6 and 2, the person is saved. Okay? But they got caught out there with something. They were not on guard. There is a sin that has their name on it. It's really hard for them to deal with. It's a besetting sin. What are you saying, Father? But you know, Brother Jamie is a nice guy. I really like Brother Jamie. He's so helpful. He's nice to the young people, nice to the old people. You see how he, he's just a good guy. You know, he saw some trash out, and he went out there and took it upon himself to pick up all the trash. But you know he's got that problem. <laughs> You, 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 you put Jamie in this kind of situation, you don't really put him over here. You know what I'm talking about. And, you, and people start looking at you like, you know, like, he's got that thing. What is that thing? It's a besetting sin. And if the truth of the matter is, if we're honest with ourselves, we all, I don't care who, don't you get up here alive in this church. All of us have a sin with our name on it. That's a besetting sin. If you've been saved 35 years, but you still got a certain thing that just kind of, it's just it's your thing. And you, you know, Lord, I've been waiting for you to be, you know, deliver me from this stuff, and God is just saying my grace is sufficient. Lord, get rid of this thing. No, fight it. It's a certain thing. Besetting sins are sins that just happen to be set into your DNA naturally. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? There's nothing you can do about them but lean on the Holy Ghost to deliver you and, and lean on the power of the Lord to help you escape. And then if you're honest with yourself, sometimes you escape daily, weekly, monthly. Oh, oh, come on. There's a, there's a certain thing that I could, I could easily fall prey to if we're totally honest. Some people have real weaknesses for certain things. And a while back we learned about this particular scripture. Give me Galatians 5.13. I taught this and I just kind of want to branch off this for a minute. This will kind of launch us back into Galatians 6 and 2. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. You've been called to liberty. Amen. We're getting, you know, we're not under the legalistic system of the law. However, don't use this liberty as an occasion or an excuse to go into sin. And then here's this little phrase here. But by love, serve one another. And I told you that this is not about doing chores for people. You know, that context doesn't make sense. When you think about it, like, you know, Jamie, you know, don't fall into sin. By the way, go sweep the, the kitchen. That, that doesn't make sense. That, that doesn't sound like what, what the Holy Spirit would use Paul to write. He's basically saying only by love or by love, serve one another. It's about sacrificial love. And I explained to you that uh, you, you're not running errands for God's people, but it's about living in a way uh, with your church members that you don't cause them to stumble because you know that they got some issues in certain areas. 
Remember at, a while back, I told you, you don't, you don't take a weed head to a Rick James concert with a Mary, Mary, Mary James song? Remember that? I told you that's just probably not smart. They can't handle that. Right? You remember that? You know, you, know, you don't walk down International Boulevard. I can walk down International Boulevard and look around and see all the posters for liquor, all the liquor stores, all the fast food, unhealthy, you know, what do I want to call it? Uh, advertising. You know, and I could do that and, and not really be affected. That's not my thing. Well, somebody else, if they were to walk with me they, and they have an issue in this area, you know, the bigger the poster, the bigger the cheeseburger, they, they just kind of holding their head down. And, you know, they see too much liquor. It's like they are one step away from falling. It's a besetting sin. You don't know what happened in their family. You don't know what they were born into. You don't know what the situation was. Well, my daddy and my mama used to drink all the time, and I used to drink all the time, so I got to be careful when I hang out with people that drink, Pastor. Okay. I got to watch what I, you know, for me, it's not drinking and, and, and drugs and, and, and rock and roll and all the, you know, whatever else that comes with it, you know, and cheeseburgers. You know, I might have a cheeseburger too much every now and then. I'm working on that. But the truth of the matter is, is for me, it's not that. For me, I got to be careful what I see on movies. I got to be, you'll see me turn my head. There's a certain selection of movies I just won't watch anymore. I'll look at the credits and go, uh, what you got a bit? Mm, nope, not that. Moving on. Oh, but it's a really good flick. Pastor, you're going to miss it. No. I have a besetting sin. I have to be careful with my eyes. Okay? So here's the thing. We don't invite a person to walk down International Boulevard. Maybe we tell them, listen, why don't we just walk around our residential area? There ain't no billboards up in there, depending on what neighborhood you're in. But in Galatians, the sixth chapter, it's not just helping them to avoid certain things by not putting them in bad circumstances by what we have the freedom to do. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for fixing that. Didn't know how to say that. But in Galatians 6 chapter, we go even deeper. We bear their actual burden. Whoa. This is praying for the person who has fallen. Entering into spiritual warfare for the person who has fallen. Checking on them during the week to see if they've been victorious over that besetting sin. When after they've fallen. Are you hearing? Entering into the battle, holding up the building so that them came in, bearing the weight, supporting them, because the load is obviously too heavy for them. So God doesn't want them to lift the weight on their own. That's how they got into the situation where they were found to be caught in a fault. Are you hearing me? It's obviously too much for you. But God, don't go there, Jamie. Wait. Wait for it. Back up. Sins that are easily ensnaring to you, God wants you to lay them aside. Lay aside every weight and end the sin which so easily besets us, right? Stay away from it. But here's the thing. He designed the church to help you conquer it. Oh. What are you saying, Pastor? 
God has an arsenal where we pray to God and he helps us individually. But we're also supposed to help each other. The Holy Spirit is the weapon. Uh, Jamie, slow down. You, you way ahead. Slow down. I am here to help you and you are here to help me. Not just because I need $5. Are you hearing me? Not because I need a ride to church. That's not it. That, I'm dealing with depression this week. Did you call and check on me? See that? Huh? I've had major losses. Are, are you there for me? I got weaknesses. Can you help me with them? Whoa. The church is designed to help each other. Amen? That's why isolation is so dangerous. Are you hearing me? If the devil can get you all to yourself, then he has a better chance of ensnaring you by using the stuff that naturally comes in you. Wow. To take you out, to get you to fall easily into sin. It's a besetting sin. Okay? It's a besetting sin. Some people curse too much. Maybe you should stay away from the black comedy. And then maybe if I know that about you, I say, man, I got tickets to the black comedy show. And you go, you know what? Sister girl, maybe that's not good for you. Because all you're going to hear is about the beep, 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 and I beep, beep. Every other word. Maybe that's not a good idea for you. Maybe this is a besetting sin. Maybe you came from a background where you were used to that. And it's just in you. Okay? The Holy Spirit in the believer is used to walk with the person through this process. We are here to spiritually restore them. Amen? Now, here's the thing. The pandemic, I personally believe, has hit the church in a way that has been very unhealthy. The pandemic has been spiritually dangerous for the church. It's sad that many people are not attending church on a regular basis. They don't realize that the enemy has been watching them. And the enemy is strategically being, uh, he's strategically going around seeking whom he may devour. Amen? He's hunting, you know, he's hunting people and using the stuff that they easily fall into to ensnare them. And it's okay to pray to God, but sometimes the Lord puts people with skin on in order for you to actually see your deliverance in the people that are following the Holy Spirit. It's okay to pray to God, but I'm telling you, God is saying, I got more weapons, and you are part of my weaponry. Oh. God has some people who are here, who are spiritual, ye who are spiritual. Amen. God has some people who are filled with the Holy Ghost. God has some people to not only restore you when you fall, but walk through your recovery process. They stay with you. They don't just be, be healed. Have a good day. <laughs> it's hard for Satan to hit you when you are surrounded by the body of Christ. Uh, 
A lot of people at home being tricked and dealing with their besetting sins all by themselves. Oh, here we go. It's hard for Satan to slip you or for, for you to actually by yourself slip into your favorite sin when you are accountable to a bunch of believers. Not so easy. Amen? When you are being held accountable and supported and they are bearing your burden with you. Oh, this is, this is interesting. Ecclesiastes 4 and 12. Real quick. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not so easily broken. Okay? They would take the twigs, and after the twigs, after a while, they would take the twig and they would just snap them because, it would, you know, after a while, they would use, run out of their, their, their power, their strength. But you get three twigs interwoven and tied and in. See, it's not just side by side. It's like I'm in your business. I'm you and mine, and we kind of intertwine. You know what I'm saying? And so it's harder to break a stick when three strands are together and intertwined. Amen? A braided cord. You see that? Okay? It's not easily broken. You remember the story? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember? King Nebuchadnezzar said, bow down to the statue. You know? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they refused. Now, it says in the story that God was with them in the fire. You remember that? But the thing that I often think about is before they got in the fire, their resolve was three brothers said, no, we ain't doing that. We fear God, not man. But where did they get the strength from? The whole country was bound down to the statue. And they said, not the three of us. No, we will defy you to your face respectfully. We trust God. And if you kill us now, it doesn't matter. We will not bow down. See, they had God, but guess what else they had? Each other. Don't miss that. Don't miss that. Okay? Before they got in the fire, they had a stance. And that stance was their resolve. Are you hearing me? All right. All right. Now, the part that's hard here is in order for me to support you or for you to support me, I have to get over myself. to decide that God loves me, I am a mess, I'm not trying to impress you, you're not that impressive either, and we're in this together, and church, as holy as it's supposed to be, the truth is this church is kind of messy. You know, and when you pass, I was thinking about this last night. When God is passing out awards to the super Christians, it's probably not going to go more to the person who's going to kept himself spotless. It's probably going to go more to the person who didn't mind getting his hand dirty. Why? Because he was dealing with sin like Jesus. Okay? That doesn't mean he's in the sin, but he's dealing with it. Amen? The Pharisees were looking at, oh, we don't touch that, we don't do this, we don't do that. Jesus' model is completely different. He said, I'm going in there with you. I love you that much. Amen? 
James 5.16. What I'm talking about is transparency, people. James 5.16, real quick. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I am convinced that in a lot of prayer groups, in a lot of prayer circles, the body of Christ have come in there praying to escape uncomfortable situations, but not coming there to pray to escape their besetting sins. What are you saying, Pastor? This takes being transparent. This takes being secure in the love of God to where I can say that in spite of what I struggle with, I know that God loves me. I said something there. Why? Because then I can be honest with myself and honest with you, and I don't have to go and put on my church makeup before I show up. You follow me? Are you hearing me? Okay. This takes being transparent with the ye who are spiritual. It takes being transparent with folks that know how to keep their mouth shut. <laughs> folks that know how to love you. Folks that know how to pray. Folks that will walk in there with you and, and, and be, who are trustworthy. If they're going to say something, it's going to be for your, 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 your victory. It's, if they're going to say something, it's going to be to help you. It's not going to be to harm you. They're not, they're not gossipers, what I'm saying. What, they're saying. what I'm saying is if they find out something, they're praying for you. Amen? This takes the ye who are spiritual, but it takes transparency. I got to be willing to say, I need some help. This was my week. I struggled this week. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We go in the prayer group after prayer group asking, you know, folks to pray for my cousin, and we tell all his business. Y'all pray for Mac. You know Mac. Mac is into this, this, that, that, and the other, and his girlfriend too. All of them, they're a mess. And that's not how God wants to live. God wants us to be holy. And we're going to preaching and talking about how horrible their life is and never say anything about ourselves. Walk out the prayer group meeting and never say anything about what we struggle with. The best we'll say is, I just need a new job. I want God to bless me with this. I want God to bless me with that. I'm uncomfortable with this situation. I don't like that. But we don't come in there telling the truth. And I said, what if we walked into the prayer group and said, hey, Brother Boxing, how you doing? Can you pray for me? Because I'm a liar. I've been lying all week. I exaggerated so much stuff. It ain't funny. Can you pray for me, Mother Shirley? It's good to see you guys. Man, we're going to pray. Today, this is what I want to put on the list. I have an anger problem. I want to fight right now. I'm at the prayer place ready to fight. Huh? What are we? Can you pray for me? I spend too much money. I have a coveting problem. Everything I see, if I'm not lusting after a person, I'm lusting after a thing. Ooh. Can you help me with that? It's a besetting sin. I struggle with it all the time. 
have to stay on this thing. God is saying he's not expecting you to carry that by yourself. You're not designed, but you're connected to the body of Christ. And if we are together and braided together, we're not easily broken. So what happens? I have to be transparent enough to say, listen, today, can you tell I got one turn to your neighbor a year. I'm going to use it right now. Turn to your neighbor and say, I ain't all that. Pride keeps us from talking. Insecurity and worry about what folks think about me after Jesus wiped my sins away. Come on, somebody. I'm sitting here worried about you and what you think about me, and I'm headed to glory. My sins are paid for. Like me or not, I'm going to be up there in heaven with you. Deal with it. But I come into this insecurity thing where I'm so concerned about how this looks. I mean, we all deal with it, don't we? Come on, let's be honest. Can we just be honest and say, you know what? I don't tell on me because I don't want you to think certain things. And I want you to think I got it all together. I'm the leader of the prayer group. And I never tell, you know, hey, by the way, I'm just, I've just been lying. I'm just, just lying. Just, I'm lustful thoughts, anger. Can't stop. I'm uncontro- out of control with Amazon. Out of control. Pride keeps us from talking. Insecurity and worry about what folks think keeps us from uh, being free from the prison of these besetting natural DNA types of sins that we come with that we are supposed to override and overcome. But God does not expect us to do it in our own strength, number one, because that's not going to work. We've already tried that. But that's not the only weapon he has. It's you and me. Amen? You see that? Amen. Amen. People are lifting sinful weights that are too heavy for them while they are surrounded by the body of Christ and won't say nothing. Wow. Wow. All right, back to Galatians 6 and 2. Bear ye one another's burdens. Lift up, support, hold up, amen. Walk with them through it and so fulfill the law of Christ. Almost done. Almost done. So fulfill the law of Christ. Uh, you know what? Give me John 13, 34. Yeah. Here's the law of Christ. Fulfilling the law of Christ. A new commandment I give unto you that ye love one another. Underline this word, underline this word real quick. As. Underline this word. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. Come on, stop. How did Jesus love us? What kind of love comes from Jesus? Exactly how specific is this love that is no, 
it's, it's not like any love that we get from anybody else. Jesus is loving us. He's God. So it's going to be another level of love, is it not? Amen. I love you, boo. I love you too. But it's not the same thing as what Jesus is able to do as far as his love. His love goes much deeper. Amen. The love of Christ not only saved us from our sins by giving his life on the cross, paying for what we should be paying for, exchanging the debt of sin, taking it from us, and then giving us his righteousness. He not only did that. The love of Christ not only saves us, the love of Christ actually frees us. Okay? By what? Now that we believe, we have received someone. We have received, not an it, we have someone. His name is the Holy Spirit. Okay? So when I believe in Jesus Christ, I get saved from my sins, and I trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and he he has delivered me from the hell I deserve. Huh? I'm on my way to heaven. He gives me a gift. That gift is the person of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit walks with me. He keeps me free. I'm free from my penalty, and the Holy Spirit keeps me free from myself. <laughs> Are you hearing? Keeps me free from this world system. He directs me. He leads and guides me, as I love to say now, into the truth I already know, deeper levels of understanding of that truth to where I begin to practically walk it out and live the divine life. We have been given the divine nature. It's a gift. He is the gift. Amen? All right, so he keeps me free. Jesus did not just die for us and make us right with the Father and then leave us with nothing. He didn't just pay for our sins and then say, okay, good luck. No, he did not. He sent the Holy Spirit. He's called the paraclete. He walks alongside of you. Amen? But we're not in heaven yet. Our flesh is still kicking, is it not? So he says, a new commandment I give unto you that ye love one another as I have loved you that ye also love one another. Are you seeing it? It's the same way here that we walk with our brothers and sisters. We get into their lives. God uses us. Amen? He, we get into their business to help them stay free from besetting sins. I tell you, I got an issue. You come alongside me just like the Holy Spirit is coming alongside you and we act like Jesus would act. I love you out of that thing. I support you out of that thing. I don't just point out your sin and say you're restored and walk away. No, no. I walk with you through this thing. As I have loved you, what did Jesus do? He gave us a gift. What's the gift to us? Guess what? The body of Christ. We have the Holy Spirit within us. Not just for myself individually, but for ourselves collectively. Amen? And so fulfill the law of Christ. Amen? The law of Christ. John, oh yeah, Galatians 6 and 2. Okay. And we're done. Fulfilling the law of Christ. So fulfill, the law of Christ is different than the law of Moses. If you sin in the law of Moses, the whole idea is you stay away from this. You stay away from that person. Get away from this person. Get away from that. 
They messed up. Kick them out the camp. Give them the boot. They've sinned. They got to go through purification rituals and all kinds of stuff. Okay? The law of Moses is separate, 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 separate. Now, it's true if that person is still under the law and has not received grace. That still applies. However, if a person is a believer and they repent of themselves, of their sins, and call themselves a believer, and you see them, there's a discernment where you can pick up, wait a minute, this is for real. They got caught out there. No, then it's not separate, separate, separate. The law of Christ is engage, engage, engage. Ah. Fulfill the law on that side is, ah, we get rid of you, we kick you out. Jesus, the law of Christ is, no, no, I engage, I engage, I engage. Why? Because that's what I'm here for. I'm here to support you. I'm here to lift that heavy load. Amen? Yeah, did I say that? Yeah, okay. We have the divine life in us, and when we restore a person who has fallen, we are to help them get back to who they really are. Let me end it by saying this. Barnes said it this way. The law of Christ would not allow us to reproach the offender or taunt him or rejoice in his fall. We should help him to take up his load of infirmities and sustain him by our counsels, by our exhortations, by our prayers. Christians, conscious of their infirmities, have the right to the sympathy and the prayers of the brethren. They should not be cast off as to the cold, to a heartless world, uh, which will rejoice over their fall and brand them as hypocrites. They should be pressed to the warm bosom of their brotherly kindness, and prayer should be made to ascend to them without ceasing. Jesus said, I'm washing your feet, and I want you to wash each other's feet. I've explained this to you before. Why? Because we track in dirt. There's open-toed sandals. We've got to wash each other's feet. We take care of each other, right? Right? That's we, that's just, it's another way of saying that. The implication is this. A brother would be vulnerable and in need of accountability, and our fellowship in the follow-up should be there, our fellowship in the restoration should be there. Our fellowship in care should be there. So whatever burden, temptation, or return to the previous sin the brother has, we are there to help them bear that burden. Practically, that means that the spiritual brother who is restoring this individual needs to be, guess what, available. Are you available? Can you count on me to be your accountability partner? Ooh. If I call 1 o'clock in the morning, you going to pick up? When I'm struggling, am I on your radar to that point? Hmm? Are you available to be an accountability partner to someone? Can they call you when they are weak? Huh? Hmm? Are you too busy to stay out of sin? To help them stay out of sin? Are we like the bride or the groom who just got married and then we get the job and then we get so busy and caught up with that that we don't take care of the body? 
Are you hearing me? This is the body. Is it not? Have we become so preoccupied with our job, our family, our finances, our kids, our situations, our husband, our cars, our schedule, whatever, to where we're not looking out for the body? Wow. Hmm? Because all of us are here as the body of Christ. We don't just care for ourselves. We take the heavy load. We take care of each other. A clean and holy bride is not just the responsibility, watch this, and it says carefully, of the Holy Spirit. It's the responsibility of the Holy Spirit in you and me, too. Amen? We are here to lift the heavy load. When that young person comes to them, comes to you and they fall, is it going to be meekness that they meet? And then after they're restored, you're going to just drop them? Or you're going to walk with them? Father, we thank you so much for this word. 